The information in this skill is provided for informational and educational purposes only. Welcome, and thank you for listening to the SMA Flash Briefings. Hi, I'm Price Wooldridge. As a rare neuromuscular disorder patient myself, I enjoy reading flash briefings for spinal muscular atrophy. Here's an article by Marta Figueredo, Ph.D. A pedigromab over one year bolsters motor abilities of types 2 and 3, Topaz trial. A pedigromab, Scholarock's muscle-directed therapy for spinal muscular atrophy, safely and effectively improved or stabilized motor function in children and young adults with types 2 and 3 disease over one year. Top-line data from the Phase 2 Topaz trial show. Notably, patients' motor gains were either maintained or increased at one year relative to what was observed at six months, highlighting the durability and continuous therapeutic potential of a pedimograb. These top-line 12-month data provide further support towards establishing a pedigromab as a potential first muscle-directed therapy for patients with SMA. Young Chang, MD, Scholarock's chief medical officer, said in a press release, There looks to be promising potential for a muscle-directed therapy that will complement the unmet needs still evident and likely emerging in many individuals with SMA who receive SMN-enhancing therapies said Thomas Crawford, MD, Topaz's principal investigator. Based on these findings and pending discussions with regulatory authorities, Scholarock plans to initiate a pivotal Phase three trial by year's end to confirm epidogromab's safety and effectiveness in a larger patient population. While there have been important advancements in recent years, individuals with type 2 and 3 SMA continue to experience significant functional impairments even after treatment with SMN-boosting therapies, Scholarock wrote in an accompanying statement for Cure SMA. Distinct from currently approved SMA disease-modifying therapies, which work to increase the levels of SMN, the missing protein in SMA, epidogromab targets muscle growth and strength. The investigational muscle-directed therapy works by preventing the conversion of a latent form of myostatin, a protein mainly produced by skeletal muscle, and that suppresses muscle growth into its active form. Due to the mechanism of action, epidogromab is expected to cause fewer side effects than conventional suppressors of myostatin's active form, while still improving patients' muscle mass and strength, and thereby their motor function. As such, epidogromab is thought to have the potential to increase the benefits to patients of SMN-boosting therapies. The International Proof of Concept Phase II Topaz trial evaluated epidogromab's safety and effectiveness in 58 patients, ages 2 to 21, with SMAs type 2 and 3, later onset disease. Participants were divided into three groups, in which all were given intravenous infusions of epidogromab, either a low 2 mg per kilogram or high 20 mg per kilogram dose, once every four weeks for up to one year. Most received the therapy's high dose and were also being treated with Spinraza, the first approved SMA disease-modifying therapy. Changes in motor function with treatment were assessed using the revised Hammersmith scale in ambulatory patients and with the Hammersmith functional motor scale expanded in non-ambulatory patients. Higher scores in both scales indicate greater motor function, and increases of at least three points in Hammersmith scores are typically considered clinically meaningful. Previously announced six-month data show that the therapy was saved and improved or stabilized patients' motor abilities, with greater benefits seen in the higher dose and in the younger patients. Top-line one-year analysis 
excluding data from four patients who missed three doses each due to COVID-19-related restrictions to site access, confirmed six-month findings with most patients showing stable or improved motor function. About 35% of participants achieved clinically meaningful motor function improvements, or an increase of at least three points in the Hammersmith scores. Notably, these benefits were both more pronounced and more common among younger type 2 children than in older type 2 and 3 patients. A clear epigromab dose response was also observed in this younger group, the only that included patients on each of the two doses, with children given the higher dose attaining a 7.1 mean increase in the HFMSE score compared with a 5.3 point mean improvement in the low dose group. Notably, these one-year HFMSE score raises were greater than those observed at the six-month analysis, highlighting the therapy's ability to further improve motor skills over time and suggesting that a motor function plateau had not yet been reached in these young children. Epidogromab was generally well tolerated with no safety concerns identified. The most frequent reported adverse events were headache, fever, upper respiratory tract infection, cough, and common cold. One ambulatory type 3 patient left the trial due to moderate muscle fatigue that started prior to opidogromab's use and that was deemed unrelated to the therapy. Three patients developed low levels of antibodies against the therapy, which did not appear to affect treatment exposure and were not associated with an exaggerated immune reaction to treatment. All 57 participants who completed the one-year treatment chose to enter the trial's extension phase and be given epidogromab for up to an additional year. Though much work remains to be done, I believe the results are wonderful news for the SMA community, and I'm enthusiastic about the potential that epidogromab may offer for further meaningful functional improvements, added Crawford, who is a professor of neurology at John Hopkins School of Medicine. The findings also offer important insights into myostatin biology and our scientific approach of targeting the latent forms of growth factors, Chiang added. Epidogromab received orphan drug designation in both the U.S. and Europe, as well as rare pediatric disease status in the U.S., and priority medicines designation in Europe as a potential SMA treatment. All are meant to support and advance its development and review. Scholarock plans to launch a proof-of-concept trial of epidogromab in Becker muscular dystrophy, a disorder characterized by progressive muscle weakness and atrophy, in 2022. Coming up next, Perspectives from SMA News Today Forums Director, Kevin Schaefer. From Embracing My Inner Alien, a column by Kevin Schaefer. My dad and I both heard the perfunctory snap as the right armrest on my power chair lowered. I was about to get ready for bed on a Friday night, and my dad had just transferred me from my bathroom seat to my wheelchair. As he lowered the armrest so that I could reach the joystick, the cracking sound that came next was an instant red alert. We both knew something was wrong, and I identified the issue once I glanced at the Omni screen above my joystick. This screen displays the different functions and modes for my chair, and it's connected to the power button. Needless to say, when the screen cracked, the power button was rendered useless. And of course, we had a family gathering planned the next day for my nephew's birthday. Typically, when something like this happens, it's right before an event, trip, or social engagement. My chair rarely malfunctions when I have nothing going on, such as any time in the past year. Now that my family and I are fully vaccinated and planning safe outings, it's only fitting that I encounter an SMA scenario. In this particular scenario, 
I was fortunate that one of my primary technicians is a good friend who's always willing to help, even when he's off the clock. He was available that Sunday morning, which meant that I would need to get by in my manual chair for the birthday celebration on Saturday. When I'm in my manual chair, I'm a little like Will Ferrell's Ricky Bobby in Talladega Nights, when the titular protagonist injures himself in a racing accident. Since I didn't have Tom Cruise there to use his witchcraft to save me, I surrendered to the situation and let my parents push me around for a few hours. Thankfully, I fit much more comfortably in my manual chair these days than I did just a few years ago. Whereas I used to slouch and sink into the seat because it was too big for me, this time I was able to ease right into it. Nonetheless, I have next to no independence when I'm without my power chair and Jayco robotic arm. I have to be driven, fed, and repositioned by whoever is with me. Even using my phone isn't feasible when I'm, when I'm in this chair, as I can't attach my regular tray, which I use to prop up devices like my phone and laptop. On the plus side, I allowed the situation to force me to take a day off from texts, emails, and any kind of physical exertion. I had no choice but to dis disengage myself from any kind of commitments, enjoy the day, and rest. With the manual chair, I was still able to attend my nephew's celebration and see family, albeit with my parents' help turning me so that I could talk to relatives. The most comical moment came when my niece asked why my wheels were bigger than the ones she was accustomed to. Following the festivities, I took a nap and spent the evening watching shows and movies. All in all, it wasn't a bad way to counteract an initially stressful situation. The next morning, my friend came and fixed my power chair within minutes. Another crisis averted in the blink of an eye. Living with SMA is a constant rotation of situations like these. It's just how we roll. I'm Kevin Schaefer, columnist and forums director for SMA News Today. The information in our flash briefings and podcasts are provided for informational and educational purposes only. Be sure to tune in daily to SMA News Today for the latest news and perspectives regarding the disease. Discover more content that might be of interest to you at www.smanewstoday.com and be sure to follow us on social media and join our SMA News Today forums, a trusted SMA community ready to welcome you anytime.